Take your Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Title of my message this morning, and I will make it a little shorter than normal, I promise. Title of my message is Reconciled, to be reconcilers. Reconciled to be reckon or to be a reconciler. I want to focus on that word reconciliation or reconcile today. I had been planning on speaking and continuing on Psalm chapter 50, but I think it would be far more applicable today to speak about missions rather than to jump back into the judgment of God right after hearing your presentation on missions. So we'll look at reconciliation. The word reconcile, according to Merriam-Webster dictionary, means to restore to friendship or harmony, to settle or resolve. Now, having said that this is about missions, when I use the word reconciliation, I'm obviously not speaking about reconciliation between two parties who are fighting or between a husband and wife or any other human relationships, but a reconciliation between God and man. That is the reconciliation we need to be most concerned with. Man is at odds with his creator. We have rebelled against the one who designed us and fashioned us in his own image. We have rejected him. We have rejected truth and have chosen to go our own way, to pursue our own selfish desires. And this rebellion has severed the relationship between man and God. Mankind could never do enough to make themselves right or perfect with God. They could never do enough to reconcile themselves to God. The sin of denial and disbelief has left a permanent barrier between man and God, a permanent stain on mankind. But God intervened. In a situation that was beyond our ability to ever fix, God reached down in grace and mercy in Jesus Christ and made it possible through the sacrifice of Christ for us to be reconciled to God. That is the kind of reconciliation that we are looking at this morning, which takes us to Second Corinthians chapter 5. <clears throat> the passage here is a message to the church in Corinth, and so is to all believers throughout the age of grace. In chapter 4, you have the glorious message of the gospel. Paul says in chapter 4, verse 5, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. This is all about the work done in Jesus Christ and coming in grace to redeem sinful mankind through the sacrifice of himself. And after he encouraged the church through the message of the gospel, which they had heard and received and believed, Paul goes on to encourage them to endure suffering and hardship for the sake of the gospel. We do so looking forward to the eternal reward laid up for us in heaven, which brings us to chapter 5, where Paul reminds the believers of the assurance of the resurrection and looking forward to their eternal reward. And then in light of that resurrection, we come to verse 9, and although I'm going to uh, focus a little bit later in the passage, we're going to read this morning in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 9 through to the end of chapter 6, verse 2. Before we do, let's go once again to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we commit ourselves to you and ask that you would speak by your word through your Holy Spirit to our hearts and lives today, that we would have hearts, ears, lives that are receptive, that are sensitive to you, willing to abide by what we hear, willing to submit to the authority of your word and to the power of your spirit at work within us. For we pray this in Christ's name, amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Starting in verse 9, therefore, this is right after he's spoken about the assurance of the resurrection. Therefore, we make it our aim in light of the resurrection, whether present or absent, alive or dead, to be well-pleasing to him, that is to Jesus Christ. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, 
that each one may receive the things done in his body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God, and I also trust are well known in your consciences. For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God, or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died, and he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. May God bless to us the reading of his word this morning. Focusing on verse 17 to verse 21, I would like us to quickly observe three things. Christ has reconciled you to God, or in Christ you are reconciled to God. Secondly, in Christ you are a minister of reconciliation. And thirdly, in Christ you have the word of reconciliation. So first of all, of all, in Christ you are reconciled to God. Here in verse 20 to chapter 6, verse 2, we actually have a recap of the message that Paul preached. This is a reminder of the work that he was doing and which believers were to be involved in. But in that example and reminder, we have the definition of reconciliation with God. It says, for he, this is in verse 21, for he that is God the Father made him God the Son, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him, in Jesus Christ. This is what is known as the doctrine of imputation. To those who believe, and this isn't about universalism, but to all who believe, all those who are in Christ by grace through faith, God has taken your sin and he has laid it or imputed it to Jesus Christ. And God has taken the righteousness of Jesus Christ and has laid it upon or accounted it to or imputed it to you, the believing, repentant sinner. So this repentant, believing sinner is forgiven because Christ took the penalty for sin. That repentant, believing sinner is declared righteous in God's eyes because God sees Christ's righteousness in you. So sinners are reconciled to God through the sacrificial work of Jesus Christ. This is not new to you. I pray this is not new to you. If this is new to you and you don't know about reconciliation both, both theoretically and experientially, then you need to receive the grace of Jesus Christ, of God towards you in Jesus Christ today. This is the accepted time, as chapter 6, verse 2 says. Now is the day of salvation. It is offered now. 
reconciliation is available for all those who would call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You must be saved. You must not risk turning away from the grace of God. And I would challenge you to repent of your sins and trust Jesus Christ for his free gift of salvation. But to those whom Paul was speaking to, and I pray to you as well, this was a foregone conclusion. They had already been, and I pray that you already have been, reconciled to God in Jesus Christ. I pray that is true of you, that reconciliation has taken place. It is only possible through the work of Jesus Christ. There is no other name given among men by which you must be saved. There is only one way to God the Father, Jesus Christ. Verse 18 says, God has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Verse 19 says, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And because we have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, verse 17 says, you are now a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In Christ, you are reconciled to God. The second thing that I want you to see is that in Christ, you are a minister of reconciliation. So you have been reconciled to become a reconciler. That is the progression according to verse 18. It says there, now all things are of God. That means he is creator of all things and is in control of all things. And all things exist for his purposes. And in those purposes of the sovereign Lord, he has reconciled you to himself and has given to you the ministry of reconciliation. That is amazing to me that God, who is sovereign over all things, has reconciled us to become reconcilers of others. The us that is spoken there is not just speaking of Paul the Apostle and others who were part of his ministry team. It is all those who are in Jesus Christ. All those who, as verse 17 says, are a new creation. It is all those who have been reconciled to Christ. So if you are reconciled to Christ, in other words, if you truly are a believer, you now have the ministry of reconciliation. And because you were given... By divine decree of God, this ministry, you are also equipped and empowered to be that minister of reconciliation. Because who he calls, he equips. This is part of your new makeup. It is part of the new man in Jesus Christ. A reconciler. A reconciler. Do you think of yourself as a God-ordained reconciler of other people to God? probably not a term that we often think, or it's not something we think in those terms, but we ought to. I ought to. Is there anything more important as one who has been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ than to be involved in this ministry of reconciliation which he has placed upon me? We are all naturally separated from God. We're born in sin, hopeless and helpless. Ephesians describes that, right? Dead in trespasses and sins in which we once walked according to the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. And it goes on and it shows the position of our deadness. But then it says, but now you've been reconciled. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, has made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. 
Miraculously, the glorious light of the gospel has penetrated our dark and sin-filled lives. We saw that grace of God in Jesus Christ and were granted faith to receive that grace. We fell on our knees in repentance and surrendered our life to the Lord, trusting in Him for forgiveness and eternal life. We have been reconciled to God and being ones who are reconciled, we cannot help but see the beauty of that reconciliation and so desperately desire that others would be so reconciled. We have received the ministry of reconciliation. And not only have we, who have been reconciled, now been given this ministry of reconciliation, but as we see here as well, in Christ, you have the word of reconciliation. That speaks to our equipping uh, as ministers of reconciliation. Verse 19 says, God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us, those who've been reconciled, and now been given this ministry of reconciliation, has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Believer's Bible commentary says, in other words, he has entrusted them, us, with the marvelous privilege of going forth and preaching this glorious message to all men everywhere. Not to angels did he give such a sacred charge, but to poor, feeble man. God has committed to us the word of reconciliation. God has committed to mankind, to believing, to to reconciled sinners. God has committed this proclamation of the gospel. We have experienced and we know the wonder of being reconciled to God and we know the means of that reconciliation as it's expressed in verse 21 through Jesus Christ. And now we herald this message. We have the word of reconciliation. This is what Paul did. He heralded the word of reconciliation and he left the example for us to follow in. Every village, every city, every town, every province, every country that he went to He proclaimed, now is the accepted time. Now is, or behold, now is the day of salvation. Paul left that example for us to follow in. And Paul included us in that example because he doesn't just say that this is what I am doing, but he goes on and says that we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. That you and I are an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And he says even, as though God were pleading through us, He says, you're an ambassador. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. That's amazing, an amazing statement there in verse 20. As though God were pleading through us. To us has been committed the word of reconciliation. It is as though God is speaking through us. Imploring others to be reconciled to himself. You represent God. That's what an ambassador does. He represents a foreign country or a foreign ruler. So you represent God. When we speak this word of reconciliation, which has been committed to us, it is akin to God pleading through us to others, be reconciled to God. What a commission. What a thing that has been committed to us. This word of reconciliation. What a responsibility we have. What a glorious an awesome privilege we have that God would ordain to use weak, frail, sinful people like you and I as His ministers of reconciliation, as His 
ambassadors of reconciliation. We have this treasure, the gospel, in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the glory may be of him and not of us. But what an honor it is that he has chosen to use that vessel and him receive all the glory. To him belongs the glory, but to us the wonder and blessing in playing a part in this role that he has given us of communication of the message of reconciliation. In Christ you are reconciled. I pray you are reconciled to God. If you are not, be reconciled to him today. In Christ you are reconciled. In Christ you are a minister now of reconciliation. And in Christ you now have the word of reconciliation. I don't share this to burden you this morning, though I pray that you are rightly burdened for the lost. It is a great calling, but I share it to encourage you. This is how God has designed it to be. This is how God has planned it to be. So it is good. This arrangement that God has put in place to reconcile you, to give you the minister ministry of reconciliation and the word of reconciliation, it is good because it is His plan. It's good, it's perfect, it's glorifying to Him. And if it is good and perfect and glorifying to Him, then it is good and delightful and satisfying to us because it is according to His will, which is good and delightful and satisfying. I think the reason this comes across sometimes as a burden to us is because we all fail in it. We all recognize that we should do more in response to this call upon our lives, and perhaps we should. Perhaps there are ways that you know that you should respond in obedience to this call and that you have not yet. We are sent into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. Where do you need to go? And to whom do you need to speak to be that reconciler that God has called you to be? Perhaps you are doing all that you can in the place that God has put you. Then there is opportunity to send others into places that God has called them and not you. That is where supporting sent ones is a unique way to fulfill the mandate that God has placed upon the church. If you cannot go and be a reconciler of other people to the Lord in another place, then we would ask ourselves, can I assist another person in going and being a reconciler of people to God in that place? And I think that is the opportunity that lies before us this morning. And I pray that you will pursue it. You have been reconciled to be a reconciler. Where you can't be a reconciler, you can send someone else to be a reconciler. And we keep in mind, verse 9, whether we are sending someone, going ourselves, or in our daily going, we make it our aim. Whether present or absent, in other words, in this life and in the next, to be well-pleasing to Him, for we must all appear. It does tie back in with Psalm chapter 50. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Knowing the terror of the Lord, he says in verse 11, we therefore persuade men. We persuade men. I pray that your life is caught up and that it would be more so caught up in this word of reconciliation. Reconciled to become a reconciler. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the call that you've placed upon our life. And we recognize that it is not because of our own merit. It's not because of our strength or our abilities or ourself. It's because of a preordained plan of God that you would reach out in grace and mercy. And Lord, we give you thanks for that. And it's a preordained plan of God that you would take that weak, frail, human vessel that has called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation 
and you would make him or her an ambassador of Jesus Christ to the world around. We thank you that even there it is not on our own strength, but it is by the equipping of your Holy Spirit. So we yield ourselves and we ask that you would continue to enable us and encourage us and prompt us and at times push us to be those reconcilers that you have called. And help us to recognize as well those places we cannot go and to be quick to invest in the work that you are doing in worldwide missions, to come alongside of those who are, who are stepping out of what might be a comfort zone, stepping out what might be our comfort zone, and are taking the glorious gospel to the nations around. Lord, may we be actively involved in missions here on our doorstep and in missions across the world. For we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.